All right, I got a I got a poem to read for our intro. If that's okay. Is it bad? No, it's beautiful. Are you down bad? <laughs> no. Got a, it's a poem. It's a poem to read. All right. Hong Kong beep beep stepping on the gas, cutting off a greasy granny in the lane of pass. See me in my red hot rod, burning rubber hard. Staying going to pass a bus stop and saying, ha ha, cause I have car. That's a poem by Jimmy Jangles, a race car driver. He said that when he won the race. Welcome back to Stack Episode, <laughs> the big race. The race. Welcome back to. Welcome back to Stacked Episode Forty Six. That's right. If you if you put two and two together, we're talking about only only speed kings are allowed allowed for this episode. So if you don't like poetry the, movies, yeah. If you don't like if you don't like the when the smell of rubber when it rips off the fucking cement, get the hell off the show of po- the podcast now. No, leave. Just kidding. You you can stay, but we're gonna be talking about cars. We're gonna talk about cars, car movies, movies about cars. Why do people love cars so much? Why do you think? Why do you think people love cars? They destroy the environment. And you think that's why to... they love cars? <laughs> no, I think I think they give off the way they're designed. They give off cool vibes. You know what I mean? <laughs> cool yeah, vibes like like you know you've ever seen a Ferrari and go wow, it's so sleek. That's the... <laughs> That's probably so sleek. <laughs> so on fleek. <laughs> uh, that that's why they pre- they probably like it because the appearance and that they go fast. Ah yes, mm-hmm. Chris, you have a nice car. Why do you like yeah. cars? I like cars because the freedom it gives you, the ability to move, the that's ability true. to go go wherever your heart your heart wants you to go, uh, the ability to to. To rip ass and and uh, you can rip ass. ass in the car and no one can hear it because it's just you in the car. <laughs> Except if other people are in like the cars. car with you at that time, the then they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> then you then you block their ability to roll down the windows and they die. <laughs> wow, what kind of ripping ass are you doing? Uh, A nuclear bomb. Yeah, cars are good for going to places fast. You know, you don't have to you don't have to walk anywhere anymore you don't take the dang bus buses are kind of slow because they're big and heavy uh but if you have a hot rod you know going from zero to 60 flossing 90 degrees 10 cds sony cartridges 10 cds each reach to the beach south side laying in you know what i'm saying uh cars are cool and that's why there's a lot of movies centered around cars and driving you know uh so i want i want to ask you guys like what what do you think is a s- essential to a movie about cars besides there being cars <laughs> <laughs> it can't just be like a modern movie where like it's set in 2010 and it has a car for me i feel like a car movie has to surround a car like the idea of this car being a part of the plot of the film well that could be a 2010s movie no 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 with a because car. <laughs> no okay but like here's the thing right there's a difference between like a movie like duel which takes place almost exclusively in a car yeah. And a movie like Mission not Mission. No, Mission Impossible, which has a bunch of like maybe has a few car chases. 
yeah. but yes. isn't but about it's not the, about the, the cars. It's yes. not about the journey. You know what I mean? The cars are just as essential to the characters as the clothes that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> the, it's if an you think about it, of their being. In that if you way. think about a car, is a, cl- yeah. a piece of clothing. You wear it. It is in, when you get inside of it. It's like a big shoe. It's shaped <laughs> like a shoe too. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except the shoe makes you run sixty miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then the car, those cars, those shoes have shoes, and that's tires because tires are like shoes. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling Man. you. What about you, Chris? What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat as you, Brandon. Like the idea that these cars have to be significant to the story the narrative or whatever like it just has to have something about it that makes it worth more than like a like than like a piece of like stage you know it has to be something a bit more than what's in the background or just like part of one segment of the film it has to be an extension of the character or something like that i don't know Mm -hmm. but hey like that's the fun about these kinds of categories you can go wherever you want you can argue it um i don't think i have anything too crazy yeah this time but you don't have any. You don't have any barn burners like Kung Fury and Blue Planet Two. <laughs> I don't know. No, Planet Blue. Planet Blue. Planet Blue. <laughs> no, Blue. Planet Blue is the is the prequel to Blue Planet. Blue Planet Two. Remember, it goes Planet Blue, Blue Planet, Blue Planet Two. Okay. Just so we're clear. And then the next so one, on two, that. two Planet Blue, two Furious, two, two <laughs> Blue Blue Planet Two, <laughs> two Blue Planets. Two. <sighs> two blue planets, two blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you fucking animals. Let's start this show. But first, let's go over the rules of this show. If you're unaware what the fuck we're talking about. If you're if you're just on a big old car junkie and you saw this this show on, on the internet, you just in your YouTube recommendations, you click on, you're like, I want to hear about car movies. And you're like, what the hell is this show? Well, I'm about to tell you right now. Once a week, we set a topic or theme and go our separate ways to construct our own three film stacks. Then after a week, we come back here on the podcast and share our own stacks one film at a time. Then at the end of the show, we will mix and match our nine films to make the ultimate decision what quintessential three film stack we are checking out of this hypothetical video store. We're doing car movies. Brandon, it is you, my boy, with our yeah. first car movie. Well, I'm picking a recent film. I'm picking a 2020 film that won Best Picture, Nomadland. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? What? That's a, a van movie. That's not a car. Cars movie. are vans. <laughs> you cannot. I'm just. Going, it's a van movie. Are you kidding me? No. They are in the same species. The vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> we just hyped up this whole episode. Yeah, cars are the fastest on the road, and you picked like, one of the slowest movies out there. <laughs> All right, tell us why Nomadland is an essential car movie. Okay, because it almost entirely takes place in a car, right? Frances McDormand's character lives in her car. She enjoys living in her car. She goes on a journey in her car. And it is by definition an extension of herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, And honestly, I love this movie because it like, you get like so much emotional connections with her character and like what she's going through also i have a personal connection to this movie because it takes place partially in arizona and i like really like the way of life that she lives now i don't think i would ever live in a van i wouldn't go that far but i i love that 
you can do that in this country and that you can have that freedom to find have that self-discovery it's awesome right okay i'm i wasn't laughing at you because it's a absurd pick i'm laughing at you because <laughs> i'm so shocked that i didn't think of this because this is yeah. because this is a movie about people who love cars so much that they live in their car you know <laughs> Because, yes, that's the exact reason this film was trying to communicate why they live on the road. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, they just, that's what this movie is about. love their car. <laughs> they just love cars. Yeah, Chloe Zhao really just, like, opened her mind in that with, with that kind of... That's what she said in the acceptance speech. She's just like, yeah, I just, I love cars, and I just want to make a movie about cars. <laughs> But it's a good movie, right? It's a great movie. I yeah, love this movie. movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, in, in terms of cars, I think you, it, it does a good uh, job at capturing the car life and sort of the, um, the space that they have. You know, the spaces that they work with. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most intense scenes is when she's sleeping in the car <laughs> when it's really cold. <laughs> You know, and it's well, the part where she's the taking a shit in her car. <laughs> oh, she's I taking a shit in her car. You remember that scene? That was a good scene. Yeah, that was killing me. Fucking Francis I, ripping ass. Remember in when the she van? dropped her plates and they broke? Oh, oh yeah, dude. That was so heart wrenching. That those were actually like family heirlooms that Francis McDormand had, and that was not in the script. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so that reaction she had was real. And I was like, "How did she not murder that actor?" Wait, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not God. kidding. That was something I learned like last week. That blows, man. I know it blows, but like that's so. It, it adds to the elements of this film. It's just so personal, right? Oh. I just love. I it makes it so like deep. I, and I hate to be that guy, but uh-huh. it's like very introspective to be like, "This is my life, and this is what I want to make of it." Even mm-hmm. if it's super bare bones, but the beautiful cinematography like carries it. Chris, you're a cinematography yeah, guy. Beautiful. I think like yeah, I definitely agree. Like the what makes this movie kind of like weirdly like you know I mean like her story itself is like on paper doesn't sound very interesting, but I think what makes this movie great is that like it's able to kind of like place you in her shoes a little bit. You know, you feel the world as she does, and like I don't know, it's just like. It's one of those movies that reminds you that, like, we are all human and everyone is going through their own shit, no matter how, who you are. You know, everyone's got some stuff on their plate and there's something like, you know, if if you walked by, like, like, like that character in real life, you'd probably not think twice about it. But realizing, like, oh, my God, this person has this whole story, this whole life that I'm completely unaware of. There's something, like, human about that. And I think that's what this movie ex- does excellently. I'm still, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about the plate scene. Not, like does I don't know, like I don't know if I can rewatch that scene ever again now. <laughs> so <laughs> it's that's so awkward. Oh. Is it? I think yeah. it's like I think it's so real. Like it's the closest I, it's thing we real. could get to American neorealism, which is it's like breaking plates. <laughs> <laughs> on accident right yeah like this is somebody like actually living their life and being on the road for that long you know and that that takes balls wow that's <laughs> out of the box pick. out of the box that's but kind out of, of box pick. the box in a weird way it's yes it's so in the box it's out of the box it's like it's hiding in the box like you didn't see it in there you know it's hiding like the in plates. the box that's a good <laughs> <laughs> hiding the box just like the, the fucking plates <laughs> 
Like, yeah, you, you open the box, it falls out, and it breaks, like the plates. Because <laughs> you didn't know it was in there. <laughs> oh, shit. I wonder if Francis uh, is still friends with that actor. Probably. I hope so. They probably, yeah. I think it was in the moment. Like, or oh, that was the last scene they shot, and then they never spoke again. <laughs> never spoke again. <laughs> oh, man. All, All right, I'm saying, well, there's yeah. a reason he wasn't at the Oscars. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Uh, all right. Nice. What a great first pick. Great start, Chris. You want to go well, into your um, movie? <laughs> I'm gonna switch gears a little bit from Nomadland and go into like a pretty uh, fast, switch gears, huh? A, yeah, switch gears. A pretty fast, a pretty <laughs> fast uh, movie. Um, this is the one I think everyone knew was coming. Come on, it's a yeah two on six film oh, directed one? by Justin Lin. It's Tokyo Drift. Oh, you picked Tokyo yeah. Drift. It's the most car one. Hey, it's car centric. This That's was, true. As everyone knows, this was yeah. probably one of the last ones before Fast and Furious became an action series before a car series. Um, and yeah, this is um, I think their most one of their most fun ones in in their thing. Like I yeah. I really like fi- uh, Fast Five and Six and Seven and even a little bit of Eight. But um, one thing I love about Tokyo Drift is how focused this film is on cars and your ability to drive. Because going forward, it's a, yeah. it's a lot more about family. It's a lot more about action and fighting and combat and shit like that. This one's all about cars and your ability to drive well. And wow, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think Hans, uh, is it a, I don't know what car it is. Is it a Mazda? Yeah, his Maz, his yellow Mazda is gorgeous. I love that car so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, Ethan, I remember when, when we watched this together, like we were talking about how like, it's got a perfect combination of like that early 2000s cheesiness, but also having that kind of initial mm-hmm. D-esque energy just to back it up a little bit and give it its this kind of unique identity of its own. And I mean, there's a reason that this movie is so iconic among yeah. like not only car people, but just like people in movies in general. A lot of people at least know the Tokyo Drift like song by Teriyaki Boys. So yeah, yeah. this is... You know, it's it's not the most well-made movie in the world, but it's definitely a really fun one. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you guys think of Tokyo Drift? Well, you know, it, like, so I watched all the Fast and Furious movies this year, right? Um, and when I first saw Tokyo Drift, I was like, that's a good movie. I really, I really enjoyed that. But the more and more I went through the series, the more and more I found myself yearning for like films like Tokyo Drift in this franchise. Like I found it really like bold of them to like completely switch the main characters, you know, and go with this other guy as he goes to uh, Tokyo and stuff like that. Meets these whole new characters, and you only get like any reference to Dom Toretto until like literally the last two seconds of the movie, you know, where you just see him. He's like, "Hey, I knew yeah. on," and that's it, and the movie ends. But like, yeah. I'm there's nothing the coolest thing about cars is drifting okay there's nothing cool that takes so much technique to pull that off I'll I'm gonna get into it more with one of my picks later on but uh is it a Mario Kart movie or something there's no such thing as a Mario Kart movie you fucking it's, idiot shut it's up happening. shut it's up happening. shut up <laughs> shut <happening>. up <laughs> no but like it yeah just like it does a really good job of balancing drama and racing and car racing. Uh, I think one of my my one complaints with Tokyo Drift is I feel like the, the racing set pieces could be a bit more grandiose, I feel. Uh, it feels a bit constrained when the races are uh, only limited to like parking garages and stuff like that, especially 
when I've seen such great drifting races in another property, which I'll, like I said, I'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, it's, it does a really good job at capturing the car scene. You know, if you're a real gearhead, you're going to love this movie. Cause as people talk about cars, it has a Hulk car, a Hulk van. <laughs> Remember that Incredible Hulk man? It's yeah. so stupid. It's got, it's got, yeah, it's got like a Hulk it's got punches in it or something like that. Yeah, that devalues the car. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just excited to see all those characters return for Fast Nine. I'm glad they're bringing them back, even though it's I said, yeah, yeah, Justice for Hulk. Even though I said the Fast and Furious franchise, like, what, what if it, they just went in that direction where it was like a different country every movie with like different characters and how they like, uh perceived car culture and racing i don't know i thought that would be something cool maybe someone should do that can you imagine if they did each of those and then they did like a team-up crossover at the end yes that would be so they could have had their own it's like like, cars 2 cars 2 and iron man 2 where they have like a grand prix behind between all of the teams (laughs) yeah it's like wacky racers you like that yes or death race 2000 where they like drive across the country i don't know Mm -hmm. uh yeah, Brandon, what do you think about Tokyo Drift? This is the only Fast and Furious movie that <laughs> ever exudes, <laughs> that exudes the same energy as the arcade game that it was based on. Like, the color palette yeah. and the way the style kind of echoes that. Because, like, the early 2000s ones, it tries to take, like, certain things, like the NOS kicks or whatever, and it feels like an early 2000s comic book movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a more of, like, a... A racing game movie you know what i mean yeah but when i when i picture going to a movie theater and there being an arcade at the side and there's a car game where you get in there and you're like (laughs) you know i imagine something like tokyo drift the way the neons and maybe that's like the 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 way japan kind of has set up their like i don't know their I, I don't want it. it's not production design because that's just the way it is their architecture you know yeah. in, in modern day japan <laughs> you uh, go <laughs> imagine brandon going to japan he's like oh man the pd is great here <laughs> <laughs> uh but for like it just it just matches that aesthetic super well and not only that it is a very good self-contained story not saying it's the best of the series like i think it's probably like top three like, I think Fast 5 and 6 are probably better, but I definitely enjoy this one a lot more. And also, much like Nomadland, there's Arizona in it, and I connect with that. That's right, the movie starts <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Fast 5 is still, like, peak fast. Yeah. But Tokyo Drift is close behind it, just because I love street racing, and I think this one captures street racing the most, besides the first film. All right, great pick. Love to see that there. All right, I'm going to go into my first film. My first film was a horror movie directed by John Carpenter, Christine. Has anyone ever here seen Christine? No, no. I've read the book. You read the book. Okay, so you still have some reference of what Christine is about. Yeah. So it's about it's about a car. Okay, so imagine if the movie Cars was a horror movie. This could, you know what? This could be like a prequel to Cars, you know, you know, like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. This could be like the Rise of the Planet of the Apes because it's about a dude who gets like a haunted car, and uh, he falls in love with the car, and the car's name is Christine, and she's she's a nice looking car. That's all I'm gonna say. Like it's a nice clean car, 
uh she was that slight. fixes <laughs> that fixes herself and once like she gets a wreck and stuff so she's like basically invincible and uh christine gets a little protective of her owner and she goes out of her way to go kill all of her friends so it's a slasher movie but with a, a car and it like it sounds so stupid but john carpenter is able to like make a car seem scary like eerie like you'll have scenes of people walking down the street and then you'll have like the headlights turn on the distance and like the sort of let like the lens flare that he'll do is just like oh what's over there you know and then the car will come and start chasing you and stuff like that uh <laughs> it's a fun dumb movie and i just thought like it's like it's weird to make a horror movie about cars and i just wanted to put like this is a very unique film and it's a very i think it's a very iconic film i think it's one of Stephen King's most popular works, you know, it's up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think John Carpenter did a very good job adapting it. Brandon, what do you think about Christine since you've read the book? I think it's a great encapsulation of the obsession of car culture in the U.S. in the 1950s. Because this is post like Model T and like the, the 1910s and 20s, roaring 20s, where people were starting to buy cars more, you know, and they they didn't. They didn't see them as like, oh, these are just cool looking vehicles, you know, uh, they they just saw them as like objects that they used to get from place to place. But sometime in the 50s or 60s, I don't know if it's like similar to the rise of like race cars and Ford V Ferrari and stuff like that. Right. Uh, we'll see if that's on this list later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but like it it encapsulates that like feeling where you name your car it's not like you have like a a sexual relationship with your car as in something like a the counselor uh, where cameron diaz (laughs) has sex with the car yeah uh but it's 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 more in the in the vein of like that culture of what'd you say what'd you say this movie's called christine oh wait Uh, oh the counselor look it up furiously looking this up right now but it's more more along the lines like you care for it like it's a member of your family it's like in back to the future when when he goes back to the 50s and biff is super into his car and like making it look all nice and waxing it with multiple coats and stuff and then crashes it into a a a thing of shit (laughs) (laughs) and like him being super upset about it because he just loves his car so much and like the way it makes him look and feel that's the same feeling i get from christine you know yeah and yes, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if the kills like translate, but I think it's a genuinely interesting story. Like, why can't a car be like this sentient thing? It's like rubber. You know that movie about the killer tire? Yeah. Why can't they make a movie like that? And John Carpenter has a knack for making movies that sound absurd, actually kind of fun, even if you're not like into them entirely. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Chris. Except for the thing. That's a great. Movie. That's just, yeah, that's just, just great all around. Uh, yeah. Chris, do you think you have? I don't think you've seen this movie, but do you think car could be scary? <laughs> car could be scary. Anything can be scary. Car could be scary. Yeah. <laughs> car can be scary? Question mark. <laughs> um, yeah, cars can be scary. I, you know, I mean, like, um, I'm trying to like, what's a movie with a scary ass car? Uh, well, the scene, Brandon, remember Maximum the scene Overdrive? from Bowfinger where he has to run across the highway. <laughs> <laughs> i love that scene um well the most scared i've ever been of a car was um me um, driving brandon. for the first time <laughs> it was actually well brandon you were there for this it was on the cars ride when fucking mac <laughs> 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 
Chris didn't know there was a dark ride section to this ride. Uh-huh. And then I was like, why are we inside? And suddenly, <laughs> he just, she screamed. It was hilarious. <laughs> Little kid in front of him. What the? <laughs> Can this guy shut yeah, up? car car can be scary. Okay, that's that's good though. I think you like this movie then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. All right, Brandon, go into your huh? second car movie. I picked Nomad Land too. No. Yo, it's out. Uh, <laughs> I picked a, a John Watts movie from 2015, oh. Cop Car. Cop Car, starring Kevin Bacon. By the Bacon Man himself. Cop so car. this is, I think, John Watts' second film. It was after Clown, which I haven't seen yet. I think that's the only one of his movies. You should make seen. Clown Car next. <laughs> Cross Clown over. Car Spider-Man. <laughs> Clown Car Far From Home. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it's like, the, it's this movie where these two kids take a cop car and go for a joyride. And you think, oh, that sounds so innocent and delightful. It's like a coming-of-age tale. Delightful. No. This is a this is a horror movie. This is a thriller. There is a they this this cop is a dirty cop. He locked up a, a guy in his trunk who's like a criminal, mm-hmm. uh, and is looking furiously for this guy and his car because he's going to be in trouble for abusing this guy and putting him in his car and trying to kill him. Ooh. And not only that, but these kids get into trouble. They almost hit people. They're not good drivers because they're like 12 or 13. So there's it also, it's a layered coming-of-age tale, but also this thriller and horror film about Kevin Bacon trying to te- like chase these kids down in another cop car. And it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. I don't want to spoil how it ends, but it is like actually amazing what they accomplished on so low of a budget. Wow. I've met... I've only heard this film outside of Kevin Bacon and the the title of Cop Car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I support joyriding, stealing cop cars. I think that's a good good fun thing to do. And but not if there's a criminal in the trunk. That doesn't seem sound. They didn't know that. They didn't, they know, didn't that. know that. Okay. No. Well, that sounds like a fun time. It's on Netflix. I should check it out. You should. I highly recommend it. I think honestly, like. I uh, I remember being it, you know those Taylor Sheridan movies yes like Wind River and stuff it reminds me a lot of that mm, okay so if you like those movies I think you'd fall in line with this uh, plus very car focused yes <laughs> like eighty percent of the movie takes place in a car cop of car that's good that's good Chris what do you think about cop of car so I have not seen any of John Watts's films other than his two <laughs> Spider Man movies mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do think like um, John Watts like. I mean, okay, the only point of reference I have for John Watts as a director in relation to cars is that one car scene in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, which he did really yes. well. You know, the intensity of he knows cars. that sequence. Yeah, my, man knows how to use uh, a car and stop make and it feel go lights. claustrophobic and scary. <laughs> yeah, bro, he mastered the stop and go light, the green light on, yeah. um, on uh, Vulture. Vulture's face. Well done. Very nice. Um, yeah, man. Man knows his cars. What can I say? <laughs> uh yeah i mean like it, it is cool to like have like that kind of twist on the coming of age genre yeah. um and kind of like giving it that horror touch to it i feel like i don't know if you you guys ever feel this but like do you ever feel like indie indie directors tend to be really good at horror mm. like big studio directors aren't that great with horror yeah um but then suddenly you come across an indie and for whatever reason, indie people seem to know know horror really well. I think it's because uh, indie directors are working with a budget, 
which they know how to work within the constraints which gives them yeah which teaches Mm -hmm. them how to work with horror with a low budget and like horror is all about like sometimes what you don't see what gives you fear you know and how the camera is manipulated and stuff like that and because they don't have the pressure of a studio you know they're able to experiment with stuff like that you know yeah but yeah all right cool pick i want to check this out chris what's your second pick cool uh my second pick is a movie i don't think we've ever talked about but is one that i remember watching over last summer um back when i was in hong kong back when i was doing my trying to do my uh one movie a day um it is a movie from 1997 it is directed by a person who i have given one of his other movies a half star oh. it is an abbas kiarostami film uh taste of cherry oh i haven't seen it it is it is a beautiful movie i really really liked it um kind of similar to like um in a weird way to nomadland in the sense of like how the um the movie is a lot about like encapsulating the life of a certain of a singular person in this kind of existential way um so basically what the movie is about is this guy is traveling around trying to find someone who can help bury him after he commits suicide so of course a very heavy and dark concept but he the way they run with it has this really like effortless poetic feeling to it there's a very close attention to humanity on this film um and i think like it's so it's such a film that has this like level of humility and conviction um and throughout it you kind of just like go along with this person as they drive around trying to find people and finding connection with these people who help him kind of just like see like how he's feeling and like i don't know it's it's a movie about existing in that weird way and it all kind of centers around this guy in his car um yeah i don't want to say much more because this movie is like like it it has a lot to it that i think is hard to explain until you watch it yourself um which is and you know it's weird enough that i like a kirastari movie especially after hating um wind will carry us but i really like close up and taste of cherry yeah so i don't know but yeah um want to put that out there i don't know i like we don't talk about this yeah uh, kirastami like ever so what do you guys think i mean i think i think all three of us have come a long way since uh those days of <laughs> the freshman wind year carry us and uh hello hello <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the fucking turtle come on that would <laughs> flip him over he cheered that that was just a that, that was a fun time to watch even though we were all very angry at the film but uh yeah i think our tastes have matured uh i haven't seen any other kira strong movies after uh when the i almost said the wind rises no uh the wind will carry us <laughs> that could be like the sequel the wind rises then the wind will carry us uh but yeah, this sounds awesome. I'm re- I'm willing to check this out. You know, uh, expand my taste here. Yeah, Brandon, what do you think? Since you've seen a, I think, I I I don't. I think the Sisyphean um nature of uh the wind will carry us is okay, but I don't think the metaphor works as well as his 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 stylistic and narrative conventions that he utilizes within close up. Mm-hmm. which I feel like is such a great use of the cinematic form because you're on the edge of your seat the whole time, even though like you kind of know what happens based on like how they set up the story. 
and only that it like allows you to transfix to like the screen based on the plot and the characters it's so interesting and i feel like based on what chris has sort of talked about with the taste of cherry is like that's just like the rest of his films like the rest of his films know how to command the screen with a narrative and with like a style right that kind of provokes a thinking uh, the viewer to think about it whereas i felt like with the wind will carry us there wasn't really much to think about like even as an active spectator you're sitting here you're like like okay but i can't take this it's hurting my brain <laughs> you know i don't yeah. i don't know what it's trying to tell me here maybe you guys will sound off in the comments and beat the hell out of me but you know i, I think we need to give it a rewatch i think that was like yeah, i agree with that i think too. that was yeah. dro- like dropping off a like a fifth grader into uh fucking like a pre-calculus test you know <laughs> where yeah. he's like yeah. ah what is happening <laughs> you know <laughs> and i think we have now taught ourselves to be a lot more patient and observant with films uh thank god for vagabond by Agnes <laughs> yeah and uh really really just in the initiation began right there and then with vagabond yeah mm-hmm. you know fury thought that like gummo was gonna be like our challenging film to be dropped off but no nah, it happened with Kirostromi semesters beforehand yeah yeah good old pastrami <laughs> yeah but i'm excited to check this out chris that's what i'm trying to get across. yeah for sure yeah I, th- I think you would really like this one brandon especially knowing how much you like nomadland too okay awesome <laughs> okay awesome all right glad that we can tie them in together i think my second pick will be quite a popular one Uh-oh. uh so a fundamental thing with movies about cars i feel like is action right mm. somehow cars and action just go together because i think it's because cars can explode and they can go fast you know that it's just they're like moving bombs they're like moving any, bombs yeah any vehicle could do that well yeah sure <laughs> i guess vehicles and action will go well together you know but specifically yeah, yeah, cars, cars yeah. because everyone has a car and they can pretend they're in an action movie when they drive car uh that's true so i picked one of the greatest action movies of all times and one of the greatest car movies that's George Miller, 2015, Mad oh. Max Fury Road. How could I not have thought of this one? I I honorable mentioned this one. Yeah, I didn't even yes, think about I, it. And I wrote an essay on Mad Max this it. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's it's only cars. It's Mad Max. The, yeah, it's the all, whole, it's the whole cars. setting of the film is just on cars, where it's a continuous sequence of oil tanker driving this way and then driving back and just like all the insane shit that George Miller can choreograph and shoot on top of these cars as these insane post-apocalyptic warriors go across this barren wasteland and it's just it's one of the most impressive action movies to date like i watched a video essay where um they were talking about how george miller is able to like uh track your eye line in an action sequence you know so your 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 eyes will basically f- flow like a figure eight across the screen where like stuff will be going this way then you'll follow your eyes something over on the right side then the left side you know yeah and it's just like it's it's one of the easiest action films to like keep up with because of that you know and how he choreographs yeah. that and i just find that so impressive i find yeah absolutely the acting impressive you know i thought you know tom hardy there's not much to the do with with max you know he's just he's sort of there for the ride but i think tom already does a good job then charlie's theron as in furiosa come on that's there's a reason why she's getting furiosa's getting like her own spinoff movie or something like that because like she was such a standout character you know 
and uh yeah. it's just such a great film in terms of world building too you know like i feel like it's one of the best better mad max movies in terms of that because like you get a sort of in-depth look at like this weird society uh led by Immortan joe you know and like these war boys and like what their religion is like you know going to valhalla and stuff like that it's just like it was so unique in terms of world building and action it's just like it's it's impossibly uh hard to not have a good time when you're watching this film you know guys what do you think mm. oh good movie i remember seeing this movie <laughs> like a week before i went in for my job interview at harkins oh the yeah theater i worked at and i remember i don't like people who like like smoke in movie theaters but for that movie someone was smoking in the movie theater they were vaping oh. and you could like and it was like adding to it was adding to the scene because of all the smoke and dust yeah and i, I was like this is actually kind of immersive this is what 40 should be like <laughs> uh but like in, in actuality like the i don't know why i didn't think about this movie not only because i wrote the essay this weekend but because like it is like top 100 action movie, maybe top 20 action movies of ever, all time yeah best at bad max movie definitely mm. there's a reason why the academy which never recognizes genre films it seems like in terms of like a best picture nomination and gave it a best picture nomination and it's a car movie like i, I it's a terrific story and it's very simple anybody could watch it and the action is some of the best stuff out there that scene and I honestly, one of my favorite scenes doesn't even involve a car. It's the scene where they crash after that tornado. Oh, yeah. And he, he there's the gunfight scene with the car door and Furiosa. And it's so goddamn good. Not only that, his use of color in this movie. Oh, yeah. is oh. terrific. Like the I think the way that sorry, the scenes during the night, I was just going to say, I think those are the most yeah. impressive. Mm -hmm. Like that's because it's like they, they did the blue like outer thing. And then it like. The, the the candle makes this like colorful thing and it's like i it's so eye-popping like, i remember seeing it be like oh, oh how do you do that uh wait before you talk chris i just wanted to share my first experience watching mad max yeah. i watched it in um montreal canada and i watched it in french and <laughs> even though i was uh let's see i think i was a sophomore yeah i was a sophomore uh high school french high student school. so i French, I wasn't that well-versed in French yet, but I could completely understand what was happening in this movie, which is just, like, a feat to the visual storytelling that George Miller is able to do in this film, you know? It was fantastic. Yeah. It was fantastic. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, speaking of visual storytelling, like, Ethan, you were talking a lot about earlier about how the movie does this really great job of, like, being able to, like, guide the human eye. And, like, I remember recently in my cine thesis class, we've been talking a lot about how it's like on top of a billion other things the cinematographer does another thing that they have to do with their director and editor and you know all together is kind of create like this what what bill dill called a visual language that the audience can read mm -hmm. um and it's like all about like lighting movement momentum all about like how do you create this cohesive piece that like is easy to navigate but sophisticated you know in its design you know what i mean right and I think they do a really good job of that. I think this is one of the best made uh, action films of the modern age. Um, like you guys said, you know, the stunts, absolutely incredible. A perfect mix of, uh, you know, like genuine real world stunts, the use of dummies and actual like, you know, like stuntmen, you know, doing all this crazy shit. But then also the visual effects is beautiful. The, the design of the film is gorgeous. 
obviously there's an amazing, amazing world sense of world building, as you said, you know, like just the environment, the the set design, the costumes, the makeup. Um, and yeah, like, and also, yeah, the, the, the feminist lens that you can adopt when watching this film is so poignant. That's why Furiosa is like, kind of become like her own little like icon among amongst like this world of, you know, like among like the Mad Max world. It's like, it's almost its own little thing going there. And I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. You guys nailed it on the head. Mad Max Fury Road. I, I, I totally buy this pick. Junkie XL brings so yeah. much energy. To oh, I was also going to include, I think this is his Junkie best XL. score of all time. Yeah. And with the guy on the guitar who has like the fire flaming, yeah, but he's on. It's so cool. That end, that end car chase is probably top three, top four car chases up there with like a Mission Impossible or the <laughs> end of the good, bad, and the weird. Like, Good. oh yeah, like yeah, that, yeah yeah it's so fantastic uh, well this movie is just a car chase scene that's all it is <laughs> yeah but so if it's we the had best to break one, it up into, it's the top but one. if we had to break it up oh, yeah. into car chase individually <laughs> yeah uh all right brandon let's go into the last round here with your last car movie all right uh unconventional pick 2017 film called a taxi driver not taxi driver starring robert de niro a taxi a ta- driver Wait, is this the one starring uh uh, Son Ken Ho? Yes. Ah. Dude, I heard about this. This is a underrated movie. It's a good journalism movie, and it's a good car movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this guy is basically a down-on-his-luck taxi driver in South Korea, and he's like, I-, I need to make money for my kid. My wife passed away. How do I really participate in in this like society that i'm living in and this is during the same time as uh this period called the guangzhou uprising mm-hmm. which is basically about police brutality and governments like trying to push more towards like uh i would say like not not fascist but dictatorial politics and obviously young people don't like that so um the story centers around this taxi driver who gets caught up in this long drive with a reporter who's German to this city uh, of Guangzhou, which is blocked off by the government, and they sneak in with his taxi. And this is very much a story about him like learning to care about humanity through going on like this road trip through this city and being able to like actually care for people that are not himself and his own problems, though those are prevalent within the film. Uh, through this very important moment in history that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, but yeah, I, I, it has to do with cars because there are car chases in it. There's like a group of taxi drivers who kind of are like the head of this movement other than these students who are protesting. And it's honestly so good. I recommend it to anybody who's interested in the Hong Kong protests today because it, it it is a like direct parallel it's so good yeah the very Ooh. small demographic there it's a joke all right um so the next one i'm just kidding um so, <laughs> sorry my mind just got scrambled during that i think it's just because it's hot in here um song king ho man he's he's such a good actor and i haven't seen this movie mm. but it sounds right up my alley. Love a good journalism movie. Love a good protest movie. You know, uh, I love a good car movie. So that's got all of it right there. Society of cab drivers. That sounds cool. Hell yeah, I'm in. I'm in. What do you think, Chris? I think like, is this when was this movie made, Brandon? 2017. 
2013. I feel, okay, so as we all know, Korean cinema has just been popping off throughout like the 2000s. Like they've mm-hmm. just been killing it. I don't know what they've been. I don't know what they're doing, but they've been just everything that comes out of Korea tends to be a banger for some reason. Yeah, and I have no doubt that this is probably one of their best because I've heard a lot of great things about this movie. Um, yeah, man, I like you sold me like the I've seen that poster a billion times because I'm just like, why does some guy look so happy like in this taxi? But um, <laughs> he's I learning. Mean, yeah. So I don't know, man. Like it's one of those things where it's like you look at something and you're like, that looks interesting. And then the more you hear about it, the more you're like, OK, like, let's give this a chance and. Sounds good, man. I I'm sold. All right, done a done a good job of selling my movies this episode. <laughs> That's yeah. true. All right, Chris, take us into your last pick. Well, Ethan, I actually have a bit of a bone to pick with you about something. What? So I remember Kill asking him. you about this. <laughs> Kill him. You Kill told him. me that this movie was on Final Stack, but it's not. It didn't make it a Final Stack. I think you might have gotten it confused with another. Oh one. yeah, I did. You know what? I yeah. did because you chose a, you chose two car movies for sports. I chose two car movies. For I couldn't sports. remember which one. One of them made a okay. movie. One didn't. Um, yeah. I do want to honorable mention the movie that I that did make it to final stack. Um, that I think would be great for this category. It's Speed Racer. Yeah. Um, I think the Wachowskis directed it. I think that's a very great Cars movie. Um, but the movie that I am picking is a 2006 film directed by friend of the show. Second time we're mentioning <laughs> him in two weeks. Uh, friend of the show, John Lasseter, uh, directed the movie Cars. Just kidding, get it, get it. Cars. Cars. Come well, on, that's episode's car movies. Gotta have cars. Car movies, you gotta have cars. What, what can I say? Well, <laughs> let me start by saying I still, to this day, adamantly believe that the opening sequence to Cars is the greatest opening to a film Pixar has ever made. And it is one of my favorite openings to a film ever made. That kind of momentum and energy you get and that level of serotonin rush that enters my brain when I hear speed. I am speed. I don't know. There's something about it that's just so much fun. Um, I think it's a really fun movie. It's a very endearing movie too. It's a movie about finding your humility and, you know, learning to exist beyond your career and also just be a normal person. Granted, yes, it is takes place in a world that makes absolutely zero sense. And um, as much as I, I mean, I definitely do lament that uh, there's a lot of, shall I say, Lassiter-isms throughout this movie. <laughs> um, a lot of awkward oh. hugging from the cars. <laughs> yeah, a lot of awkward hugging, a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, like those teenage fans that are in the stands that flash yeah and then like i think like yeah. there's this one person at radiator springs that like s- continuously slaps mcqueen's ass um yeah but yeah uh, well that aside <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know if i can defend this movie anymore um <laughs> yeah th- this movie it's a, it's I do a heartwarming it's, story it is a very heartwarming story about like finding oneself and finding a sense of community and coming together um it's about finding like what makes you happy and being able to use that to be a better person yourself. I think it's a very endearing movie. Um, you know, it's funny. We talked about me being scared by Mac on the cars ride earlier. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cars. I really enjoy this movie. Like, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I had a collection of like toy, like cars, like, but they were like designed like to look like the cars from cars as a kid that I loved. Um, what do you guys oh, think yeah. of this movie? Excellent movie. 
actually just a good movie. But <laughs> I it's it's hard because it's like Buzz, Bugs Life, like we talked about last week, right? It's like another one of those films because it came out at the same time as a bunch of other great Pixar movies that are classics. It gets overshadowed and like kind of rightfully so in certain circumstances. Like, yeah, I'd, I'm not a big fan of Mater. He's pro- he probably works best in this movie. Yeah. But um, I think like honestly, his character is kind of just a stereotype and there's it's nothing that's there's super funny about him but his relationship with queen here is actually pretty poignant and surprisingly so um i it's a great car movie great racing movie i don't know if it's the best opening i think i think a cachet is like a great opening that i i would say is pretty good um but uh i it's a that's a good choice chris like the racing sequences in this are terrific and i know there's not a lot of it's him learning to race in the desert which is really cool and another thing uh i have a connection to this movie too this also is inspired by an area in arizona damn on route 66, oh yeah you took me chris, there chris has been there uh i took him when we went on spring break in sophomore freshman year i can't remember one of the two one of those two years and I don't know, Chris. Talk about your experience on Route sixty six. It was which, really like, cool. Like it's based on Radio Springs. Yeah, like it was really cool because it's like it's like this one. At least as the way I remember it, right? It's like this one like yeah. long strip of um mm-hmm. of like and these buildings that are surrounding it and like but they're like small. They look just like Radio Springs and like you can tell they're kind of like the architecture and like the the culture there is kind of like um in the least derogatory stuck in the 50s. Yeah, in the least derogatory yeah. way possible in like from a time gone by. But in in its own little charming way, it really is kind of a fun place to be. It feels like it's stuck in the fifties, sixties. Um, I don't know if I don't know if there's like you know like what goes on within that city beyond how like you know nostalgic it looks like in that kind of way. But it is a lot of fun being there, and like it's you really do get the sense of like I can totally imagine that Pixar maybe sent a couple of its peeps like over there to like learn about the look and the imagery, take some photos, and hopefully integrate that into the animation team or whatever or the set design team. i don't know how animation workflow works but i think they took like aspects from like U- utah the utah desert and the monument valley on the edge of like the arizona um utah border and then they were like we want that same aesthetic of rate like the 50s and 60s because like you said it's this bygone era past the freeway when they made that for like theme parks and stuff right disney is partially the reason why like places like route 66 are like dying right um and like they they sent people and they they're heavily inspired so they just put them together and my dad growing up in the region like he literally grew up like right next to route 66 it's just like it's such an amazing place and very it's not like a ghost town it's not like those old western towns it's like one of those nostalgia places where you want to go to just experience that period of time and it's very nostalgic that's right i i got something to say there are two certainties in life. Haters gonna hate, and mater's gonna mate, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say ainers, ainters gonna anus or whatever from the, the uh, movie. Uh, Remember uh, that? They oh, hate us because yeah, they, 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 they hate us. They hate us because they hate us. No. Uh, I haven't seen Cars in a while. I'm gonna be honest. I think the last time I saw it was in the drive-in. I saw Cars in a drive-in, which is like... That's pretty cool. You drove what, what into the Cars movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's offensive to your car. Yeah, I was like, this could be you. You, you could be free and f- willing on your own, but you're you're stuck being my slave to take me to places, you know? Uh, <laughs> someone brought up that Cars and Thor are the same movie. 
Well, in a weird way, yeah. Like the level of like That's... humanizing someone. You know Lightning I mean? themed character. Like it's well, what came first? Desert town. Come on. <laughs> Cars came first, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, you got Lightning McQueen, got Mater, Lightning McQueen trains. <laughs> I don't He falls in love. He falls in love. Come on. He learns his lesson. He learns how to like integrity and he like gets a work ethic, you know? Yeah. Because he learns how to race for one, but he also repairs the road he broke. Oh, he broke a road? I don't remember. He, that. he tore it up when that. he was uh pulling like a statue or something. Come on, Ethan. Mm-hmm. Your your car head. I haven't seen cars in four hundred years. I'm sorry. It's been such a it's long a time. Movie. Okay. Well yeah, cars. Come on. You can't you can't talk about car movies without having the movie that just has cars in the title, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay, so my film, as I was talking about earlier with Tokyo Drift, I'm t- I'm gonna be talking about the film that probably has the most influence over both Fast and the Furious and Tokyo Drift because it is the the film, the adaptation of the manga and the video game series Initial D. Uh, but I'm is that, uh-huh. what were you thinking? No, no, no. Oh, wow. no, no, I was just like, uh-huh. <laughs> I thought Brandon was thinking of something else because he like got a disappointed face when I'm talking about. It. But I'm not talking about the I'm not talking about the live action movie. I'm talking about Initial D, the third stage, which is if you're unfamiliar with the, the anime, uh, stages are basically seasons, right? So the first two stages of the show are two seasons, but for some reason they made the third season just a movie. So this movie is sort of like the climax of everything that's happened in the past two seasons, where if you're unfamiliar, Initial D uh, follows this kid named Takumi, who he is the son of a tofu salesman slash uh, ex uh, race car driver who was like the best race car driver of all time, right? And uh, Takumi had to uh, run deliveries for his dad. He's been running deliveries, tofu deliveries for his dad ever since he was twelve. Now he hates cars. He hates driving cars, so he did not like these tofu deliveries. So what he did was during his routes of delivering tofu, he would perfect his ra- his car driving so much that he would be able to do it in less than 20 minutes now because he's delivering tofu it's very it's you have to be very delicate because the tofu could break if you're making sharp turns and everything so he's trained himself to master drift around corners and stuff and by the way this is based off a true story the dude the dude who actually did this he's in tokyo drift he's the old fisherman in tokyo drift he's he actually did this oh no way yeah but he that's crazy so uh, but all the all the names and stuff have been changed, and like the plot's been changed. But it, it's based around this dude who used to do deliveries and would learn how to drive through his deliveries and become a master driver, like drifter. So, the first two seasons is basically building up Takumi taking over the street racing scene because he's like he's so good. But what makes him such a good character is like he doesn't care about cars or anything at all. He just does it because like because his friends want him to, or like he's doing it to impress a girl or something like that, you know. And it's. The the series of Initial D is such an amazing balance of exhilarating races and exhilarating teen drama that like it's like watching a a really bad soap opera that you're just like you're really invested in for some reason you know um and all of the drama and all the racing comes to a climax with this third movie um the animation is absolutely beautiful uh the score I don't think I can separate driving a car with Eurobeat ever again. I think is those two are synonymous, you know, 
it is i i just like i want every movie that has racing sequences take out the score and put in Eurobeat. i'm even talking about mad max free road put in Eurobeat and mad max i don't fucking care well, that, does that even fit what, I don't once even it's know. <laughs> you can't have the sound of an engine anymore without the sound of Eurobeat. that's that's all i'm saying and that's how good initial d is because it's able to rewire my brain to think like that you know i can you imagine yeah it should i i want to like wire my car to like whenever i turn it on it'll just be Eurobeat. you know uh it has taught me to like even though i drive an automatic car i always put my hand on the clutch even though it doesn't do anything because just because like that's what they do in initial d and they put so much focus on the clutch and the technique of drifting and like i said with tokyo drift there's nothing cooler than perfecting a drift because it's it's such a feat of mind work footwork handwork you know timing gotta be weight velocity you know to pull off a perfect drift there's nothing like it and the racing sequences in this film are fantastic he races against the son of his dad's rival from when his dad was a racer so that scene's intense he does he uh gets retribution from the villains from the last season with a final showdown and then there's some other stuff that i don't want to spoil with some drama surrounding a girlfriend girlfriend in the final act that's just like whoa it's crazy it's crazy guys Chris, I know you've seen. I know you've seen some initial D. Yeah. What What do you think? Not enough to. Yeah. So like, I've seen like parts of initial D, like enough to understand what the concept is, but like not enough to like like the show, like like knowing enough of it, but like not like being like able to understand the full plot or anything like that. But one thing I do really like in this movie is that energy. I think initial D has this kind of like you said, Eurobeat, funky, super groovy, but like. I don't know. So there's like a momentum to it. I don't know what it is, but there's something about it that just feels very like, um, I don't know. There's just something about it that just has this, this like palpable energy that I think, um, is synonymous with, um, like driving, especially in a, like a neon lit kind of city. You know what I mean? There's like a, yeah. there's a, there's a vibe to it. And I think that's the most attractive thing to me about this, the series and this movie, like the, just the way it does its thing, it's like, it's just, I don't know, it's just so infectiously, I don't know, you, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just filled with it's this energy the, that is isn't Just this visceral, visceral energy, you know, you get from watching these yeah. races pairing with this music, it's insane. Brandon, I have a feeling we're going to be watching Initial D this summer, once you move in with me. Just yeah. be ready for it. I'm aware. I think <laughs> here's the thing, right? Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Because I like Redline, and that's a good racing anime oh, movie. That's a good car movie too. Well, not really cars. Yeah, it's like space cars. I don't know, but but you, semantics. It's yeah, it counts. But like, I think it. I think it would be more compelling if sh shows did that, where they just were like, "Nah, let's not do another season. Let's just do a movie." Yeah. You know, a, fe a feature length movie that is like high budget and high quality because most TV is not. You know, it's like 10 million per episode or 5 million per episode. And that's like very low budget. Like more movies that do what like Game of Thrones did. Not like plot wise, because I know some people didn't like it. I thought it was okay. But <laughs> in terms of like budget and like really going all out and showing your fans you care. Like yeah. this movie, which I, I probably will like. I love it when anime kind of ends on that movie format. I liked it with Evangelion. Mm -hmm. I kind of liked it with Cowboy Bebop. And I know it didn't end it didn't technically, end. But, but it's you like... know what I mean. 
it, that's the last piece I think of material it sort of thematically ends you know right exactly so with i'm excited yeah that's all i'm gonna say because i haven't i don't know anything about it well it's funny it's because it's like it's not really the end there are three other seasons after this but what but it ends like you don't you i don't think you have to watch the like we're we're okay I'll... season four wasn't that great we're we're like we're going through season five right now it's fine but like season three has such a fine ending that you can just watch those three seasons and be completely satisfied you know uh that's the plan that's what we'll probably do all right well those are all of our picks so let's run down our picks one last time before we get to figure out this final stack this is gonna be tough There's a lot of good car movies here a lot of i have a stack going. okay well say it after we say all of our movies but do you want to say your movies brandon what are your movies yeah i got nomadland cop car and a taxi driver chris i have tokyo drift taste of cherry and cars and i got christine mad max fury road and initial d third stage all right brandon what's your pitch oh my pitch nomadland tokyo drift cars no fuck you because they all they all have arizona in them no (laughs) the arizona stack (laughs) i was gonna say nomadland tokyo drift fury road that's no i that's agree kind of that. like i was arizona. i was just i was kind of memeing but <laughs> arizona's not that deserty but also it was like kind of funny that like all these arizona movies have good cars it's or true. vice versa all these car movies have good arizona <laughs> would you say taxi driver is um like better than nomadland for this i don't know those are both hmm. yours brandon I think Nomadland brings a different taste than Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is like a comedic drama, mm. whereas like Nomadland's very straightforward drama, uh, slice of life. Yeah, that's true. So I, I I like the slice of life vibe because it gives like a little bit of a contrast to Tokyo Drift and um, uh, sorry, Fury Road because those are like high octane all the time. And we got a lot of like different uh sort of genres of the car here you know you got with tokyo drift you got the classic racing movie you know can't have that without Mm -hmm. cars you know uh Mm -hmm. then we got an action movie with mad max fury road and then Mm -hmm. we sort of have like an outside of the box pick with uh nomadland that sort of depicts the life of car fans (laughs) cars because that's that's the only reason that's they just love cars They love living on the road and being able to, like, not be stuck in one place. And I think we should all take that as a good piece of advice. That's right. That's right. You don't You don't want to, like, let your subjectivity, you know, sink into huh? one what? My ears. My ears are perking up. Subjectivity, you say? <laughs> you don't want one perspective, you know? You want to encourage, like, global perspectives or uh, regional perspectives. We do have, and this is a worldwide thing. We got Japan. We got america and we got australia exactly boom look at that look at us look what we did look at we look at who'd have thought who'd have thought me you you me okay where do we start with this that's a good question nomad land should go in the middle i think we because if you if you start with it it's kind of low i think we start with tokyo drift you're sad yeah i think we start with tokyo drift what do you think because that's like that's like car that's like car culture as we know it, you know? And racing, you got the city life. Then we take it back into the 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 deserts with that that kind of car culture. 
and then we jump into the dystopian future with that kind of color culture you know and so it's the way we know it happens there the way we know it a ver- a version of 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 it and the dystopian yeah. version of it the way it will be <laughs> <laughs> the past the present the future <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it kind of is because like Tokyo Drift takes place in the past because it's a yeah. If spoilers, it's a it's a prequel in the Fast and the Furious movie franchise. It's a sequel prequel. Sequel prequel. All right, those are weird. (laughs) I'm liking this stack. I'm liking this stack. It's like a Saw franchise. The Saw and Fast franchises are like the most convoluted like things that don't need to be convoluted. You could just you know make them one by one, but they just play with time and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Alrighty, well, let's get into our final stack for the most quintessential car triple feature here, brought to you by us here at Stacked Entertainment. Starting with Chris, you want to start us off with our first film in this final stack? Yep, our first film is a 2006 film directed by Justin Lin. It is Fast and Furious Presents Tokyo Drift, an incredible movie with the most um, vibrant, insane, high-octane um neo neo tokyo energy that you could ask for um a perfect early 2000s encapsulation of race and race culture that sounds a little funny um yeah uh, race in tokyo man yeah tokyo drift let's go (laughs) (laughs) all right and our second pick brandon uh our second pick is a nomad land a film that takes place in the present that really is about car lovers, you know, films about people who love staying in their cars so much that they just live in them and travel. And that's no, kind of very introspective. She, slice of life. she queen. fucking figured out this one goes out to all the car fans. Nomadland. All right. I hope you're listening to this in a car right now. Oh, yes. Come on. Come on. This is, this is the perfect Watch episode. My podcast. Do a back-to-back of road trip movies and car movies. Come on. There's nothing better. You could totally listen to this on your morning commute. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. All right. And our last film is George Miller's action masterpiece. I think this is like a modern classic. Don't you agree? Modern classic. Yeah. Mad Max Fury I think road. it's like the closest yeah, thing. I think so One too. of the closest things. Absolutely. It's a film that is just that displays impressive filmmaking feat after feat, complete immersion with this world building and um, the most easy to follow but batshit insane action sequences of all times that follows around these fucking cars just burning, just kicking up sand in the dirt and just driving on the road and burning oil and fucking blowing up. And it's the best, and you will always have a good time. I don't know anyone who doesn't love this movie. Do you know anyone who doesn't love this movie? Come on. Everyone loves no. this movie. That's why it's a, that's why it's a uh, modern but, classic. But how does it tie into the Pixar theory? That's what I'm wondering. Because this is what car culture will look like in the future if we don't take <laughs> care of our planet. This was before <laughs> the beginning of WALL-E. This is what, what's going Every, on on Earth. <laughs> everyone says our world's going to look like the movie The Road, but it's going to look like The Fury Road. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> And that'll do it for this episode, this radical episode of Stacked, where we just, we, we, we shifted all sorts of gears, we drifted, we burned rubber, we fuck, we fucking braked, we backed up, we parked, and now the episode is over. Thank you all so much for listening. Wait. What? Why was this unironically one of the best episodes of Stacked we've ever recorded? It's simple, Brandon. Cars are cool. 
And now, fellas, let's ride off into the road. Uh, we'll see you next time on Stacked. Mm -hmm.